Hello and welcome, and welcome to Monday. It's going to be a hot, sticky day in the city of Toronto, and I am concerned the heat will only continue to increase, and I am not talking about the centigrade. I am talking about political action. I am talking about protests, and I am talking about a lack of leadership at the head, a lack of leadership by the Toronto police at a very important time is leading this city towards what could potentially be a big confrontation. And you sort of saw what possibly can happen this weekend, didn't we? When we had the anti-racism protest downtown on Saturday. And here's what happened. Daniel Gooch, Jenna Reed, and Danielle Smith were three people who were arrested and detained by police after that protest saw the defacement of three statues, Egerton Ryerson at Ryerson University, Sir John A. MacDonald, and King Edward VII, both of those at Queen's Park. And I will talk further about some of those, in particular those monuments in just a moment, but they were splashed with pink paint. You can actually see it happen on a global news story. Just go to globalnews.ca. It is right there, Albert Dallatella, a reporter on the weekend, capturing some of those sights and sounds as buckets of pink paint were splashed over those monuments. At approximately 5 p.m. on Saturday, Toronto police released a statement that the three had been charged with three counts each of mischief and conspiring to commit an offense, and that two of them had been released. But... It was hours later that the Toronto Police Service then tweeted that the detainees had, quote, declined to sign the release forms to leave custody. They will be released as soon as they sign, and we would like them to do so. So a stumble there, initially, by the Toronto Police. They put out incorrect information about the release of two out of three suspects when none of them had actually left custody. And we're going to dig into a little bit about this whole thing about you got to sign it or you can't go and whether or not the constitutional rights of these three were actually infringed upon. By the point that that second Toronto police tweet had come out, a crowd had already gathered outside police headquarters where the, uh, the police detachment, where the council for the detainees and several MPPs joined in. Now, before we get to the council, let's get back to those statues. And if your initial response to this is, what is the big deal? Because we're talking about the defacement of public property, and that should warrant a charge of mischief in any case, and that there just should be no two ways about it. Here is the central defense from Black Lives Matter, the organizers of this march, for defacing of the monuments, And it is the fact that engineering students do this sort of thing all of the time. And in a press conference in front of the stained statue of Egerton Ryerson, here is Rodney Diversus, Diverlus, pardon me, of Black Lives Matter Toronto, talking about the double standard. All this pomp and circumstance that you saw yesterday from from all the police, all the theatrics, was about pink paint. This was it. The same sort of action that white kids have been doing across the city and across this country 
from time immemorial and celebrated for. The argument there, that engineering students are encouraged to go and deface monuments as part of their frosh week, they're celebrated for it, and that they are not charged. I think everyone can see that those things are different. Those are different things, but that is the point being made by Black Lives Matter. Now, here is Karim Assad, who is a regular contributor to this program, talking about the denial to speak to a lawyer uh, from police, allegedly denying these three charges the ability to speak to a lawyer. Here's Karim Assad. Because there's so many conflicting narratives, I don't know sort of how quickly these individuals were able to speak to counsel, whether it was counsel of their own choosing or a duty counsel. If they weren't able to speak to someone, I would think that, yes, that that would be an infringement of a, a very important constitutional right. And, and the remedy could potentially be that charges are withdrawn as a result of that infringement, but it's a very fact-specific analysis. And um, I think we will see more if the charges are pursued. That is lawyer Kareem Assad talking about how there are conflicting narratives. No kidding, there are conflicting narratives. And in the absence of clear, definitive communication from the Toronto police, what we saw was things starting to get quickly out of hand. Josh Matlow. The city councillor tweeting, what I witnessed today was not only a learning experience, it was deeply disturbing. This can't go on this way. We have a responsibility to change this. We will change this. This is about basic and reasonable expectation of justice and access to legal representation. So is it true? Did Toronto police detain three protesters and then deny them their basic legal rights? Did they truly deny them access to counsel? Who was the counsel? Because as people begin to show up at the police detachment, including Mr. Matlow, also there was Sarah Gabrielassi, who is a Toronto lawyer, a former candidate for mayor. She was on this radio station earlier this morning, was asked repeatedly, by Kelly Cotrera about who she is actually representing. Is she representing one, two, all three? After being asked three times about why it was that she went down to the police headquarters and whether or not she was actually representing these clients, this is what she had to say. So I was brought in, so my mandate was to, um, there was a call out and I was brought in to negotiate uh, the releases um, on, uh, on Saturday um, and um, and to protect the constitutional right to counsel. And that's one of the other uh, big issues, which is, you know, every Canadian has a constitutional right to access legal counsel immediately and without delay. That's Section 10B. And, uh, and in, in this instance, that's not what happened. And where in all of this is the police leadership? Where in all of this is clear, definitive communication coming from the police. You heard there from Sarah Gabriela Selassie. Here she is again suggesting that Police Chief Mark Saunders should be showing better leadership. The constitutional right to counsel is very straightforward. You have the, if you find yourself arrested or detained pursuant to Section 10B, you have a right to, to counsel immediately and without delay. That is not even 
that's black and white and that, that right mm-hmm. belongs to everybody. And, and we have to look at the moment here. This is a part of, uh, of, a, of, a, of sort of community organizing around the world. And so this was an opportunity to demonstrate leadership, to step in, you know, for Chief Saunders to step in and say, uh, let's, like, let's resolve this right now. This does not have to um, be this way. No protester wanted to be there. Every, all of the community members had, I'm sure many uh, wanted to wrap up and do other things. But, um, but that's not possible when we don't have, you know, uh, don't have that leadership. Is that true, that no protester wanted to be there? Or is it possible that the three detained protesters saw an advantage to remaining in the police station? On Sunday night, finally, finally, Chief Mark Saunders put out a statement. In part reads, each detainee had access to counsel in the mid-afternoon. Despite two indicating they would seek release, they later refused and instead chose to remain in custody for many hours longer than was required and into the evening and early morning hours. And Chief Saunders goes on to say, quote, It is important in these critical moments that the truth be told by all sides. And yet we had hours and hours of a lack of information, of misinformation from police. And what And where is this leading us? I am concerned for this city, folks. I am concerned that what we saw over this weekend is only a warning signal of what could potentially happen in this city if we do not have better communication and better leadership. I understand that Chief Mark Saunders is a lame duck. I got it. I know we're in the process of getting a new chief. But we need somebody to step up and speak clearly. Because, as you know, as I've just gone through, we have competing narratives here. And I don't think anybody clearly knows exactly what happened and what the motivations of each were here. But I can tell you this, this is clear. There's a lack of leadership with the police. There's a lack of leadership with communication. And it's going to get this city into a world of trouble. 